everybody. Welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 163, and this is the show where we shoot from the chest up because secretly we're not wearing pants. Aaron, uh, the Sharks have been um, kind of doing exactly what they've been doing uh, the entire season, right? Uh, but they did it this week as well. We got a win, a few losses, getting a little bit closer to the Bedard sweepstakes. Are we not? We are. It's, uh, you know, most of these games they were close in, but the last two games they were not very close in them at all. I think uh, they were a little bit tired towards the end there against, against both Ottawa and Buffalo. But, um, yeah, they're still entertaining hockey. They're still scoring. They're not getting shut out. So I guess that's a win. I don't know. I'm excited still for uh, them to tank and get a better pick for next year. So I don't mind this at all. And as bad as they've been, I've still been fairly entertained with the amount of goals scored, at least in the game. So that's good. And of course, if you're not watching Sharks hockey, the uh, Barracuda are also a fantastic watch. Certainly encourage you guys to go check them out. We'll talk about them maybe a little bit later on. Right now, let's take a look at some of the comments right off the hop here. Um, Kellen, uh, anyone else ask for a reverse retro with Bedard on the back from Santa? (laughs) Uh, That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, sorry from Bettman, he says. Okay. Uh, Nick says, we give up five power play goals in two games, and the still the number one PK. Nick, hang on. We'll be talking about that just a bit. And Peter St. John with a very simple evening, guys. Well, evening to you, Peter St. John. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. If you'd like to have the rest of your friends and family from the Sharks there, um, come and join us as well. Share that with them. Uh, retweet us out there. Uh, get, get us into their inboxes, into their messages, so they can come into the chat and uh, have a good time, just like you guys are about to have i hope um aaron uh, oh also yes if uh, you'd like to hit the uh, like button that would be awesome if you're not subscribed go ahead and hit that button and the bell that way you know when we're doing the lives you can get in here and have a nice uh, fun conversation with us also if you'd like to support the show you can do that through super chat or you can do it uh, with venmo at the fin factor on venmo you can also go to thefinfactor.com, purchase hats shirts stickers water bottles fanny packs stuff um and and that and that's that's my whole spiel so there you go uh matt Lowe says hello fellas hello to you too matt we're gonna kick things off here aaron let's talk a little bit about the week um that was it started off phenomenally started off great uh kapo kakinen picks up his very first shutout of the season now uh curtis pashelka on twitter said uh something to the effect that he hadn't let anything in yet which is great um, or the, the Sharks playing well defensively. And I said, hey, Curtis, thank you for saying it without saying it, right? And then when the game was over, we were screaming shutouts, right? So, um, and, and Curtis uh, gave that one a retweet and a thumbs up, I think. So anyway, uh, it was good to uh, to kind of have a little bit of a back and forth, not saying the word, but uh, when all was said and done, yeah, Capo gets the shutout first of the season for the Sharks, uh, or for with the Sharks, I should say, for Capo. For um, and it was just a, a full, complete game. They went 4 nothing. Tell me about this game. What'd you think? Um, I thought it was one of the best games that the Sharks have played, like more of a complete game. Um, <clears throat> Montreal certainly had their chances. It wasn't like the Shark completely dominated the game here, but Kakinen looked really good and made me kind of excited for his potential to possibly be a starter for the next couple seasons and do very well with it. So um, I'm a fan of his, and I'm glad to see him kind of rebound and, and get that shutout. Um, I mean, the Canadians had six power play opportunities in that game. The Sharks had five themselves. And there were zero power play goals between 11 power plays in the entire game. So um, kind of a, a weird one in that way. But Montreal's a um, a good team that's that's got some young potential stars on it. Um, and it's coached by Martin St. Louis, who former player, um, played in uh, Tampa Bay for a long time and, and some other places. So 
Um, very well coached team and the Sharks um, stifled them. So I, I walked away from that game feeling very happy and very good about what I had just watched. Cause it was a good, good complete game for the Sharks. And I think it was a good confidence booster for them going into a back to back to Toronto the next night. Um, plus, you know, when, <clears throat> when you see the Sharks play um, original six teams like Montreal, Toronto, it's, you get more press. Like if you see the press room or the the locker room after a game in San Jose, if it's not one of those original six, there's not very many people in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Montreal, it's like a zoo. It's crazy. So you kind of, the players kind of play up to that too. Like, like it's more exciting, you know, like think of like in football, you're playing on a Monday night game versus just a regular Sunday game. It's a little bit different. So it feels a little bit different. You're in Montreal. There's a lot of history. Um, there's a lot of more eyes on you than normal. So hint, hint, maybe some uh, scouts are watching this game and, and want to make some trades, not just with Montreal, but with other teams. So there's more eyeballs on it and you kind of are in the spotlight more. So I think the Sharks kind of do well in that situation and, and it pushes them, motivates them to, to play better, which is what they did. So I think you call them Martin St. Louis. So you need to commit one way or the other. It's either uh, Martin St. Louis or Martin St. Louis. Sorry. One way or the other. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Kakinen, I, I kind of agree with you. I think this is one of his best games. Uh, obviously, he gets the shutout, so okay, it's got to be one of his best games. But uh, Aaron, I, I, I've been hurt before, okay? Uh, we got Aiden <laughs> Hill. I was excited about Aiden Hill. Uh, even Emmon, when Emmon came on board when we first got him out, there, oh, he just might be an up-and-comer. We've had so many guys come through the pipeline, uh, and Aaron, like I said, I've, I've been hurt before. So I'm, I'm afraid to get excited about Kakinen here after this game, right? Um, and, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, see how it continues to go for the rest of the season. Obviously the rest of this week didn't go that great, but not all on him. But, um, I, like I said, man, I just, I, I, I've been hurt before and I just don't want to go through this again. So, uh, moving on from that game, we'll go to the, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. This was actually closer than the score indicated a three, one loss, but, um, I, there wasn't a D netter in this one. Was there not? No, there was not. Okay. Was so not. it was two, one game. That's what it was. The two, one game. And, uh, Hurdle just kind of makes a, a, a bad pass here. And, um, it, it's a pass that I, I think when you look at it, it looked like it was kind of a blind one. He just kind of thought that I think it was Timo, uh, was across the ice and he kind of just threw it across, gets intercepted and he takes off. And, uh, the, there's a goal resulting from that play. And right after the game, uh, they talk with Hurdle and Hurdle basically just says, you know what? That's on me. Um, I messed it up. Uh, that kind of thing. So, um, he, he really shouldered like all of the blame and, and it, it was funny because Matt Nieto kind of right after that came out and said, you know, um, I'm going to tell you guys otherwise, you know, he's, he's been great for us so many times. He's won us so many games. Um, it's not just on him tonight, you know, and, and that, that's the, the, the truth of it, right? Cause yeah, it's one bad play, but I'm sure there's plenty of opportunities throughout the game where the Sharks could have, uh, you know, put the puck in the net or they could have uh, prevented one from going in. So um, the thing I want to ask you about on this one here is, and I've I've kind of said in the past, you know, Hurdle's a great player and I can see him being like a leader of the team. Absolutely, 100%. He's wearing the A2 right, at times. So, uh, but I never really saw him as like captaincy material necessarily. Does this change that a little bit? I mean, for me, maybe it changes it a little bit and maybe you've already felt like he was captain material, but does this maybe not change it, but it does solidify it for you that maybe this is a guy that, that could be a captain of the future? Uh, yeah, I think um, he's been kind of, kind of like when Couture was here, um, he was always, when he was drafted, he was seen as like a future um, captain type person. And 
Um, but at the time, I mean, there was there was Marlowe, Thornton, and Pavelski here, so he kind of had to wait for his chance, I guess. And I think the same thing with Hurdle. I think, yeah, he has he has captaincy potential. Um, I'm pretty sure I've, I've said in previous episodes years ago that he never would be, but now I'm now this team is kind of coming apart and getting reassembled with a new GM. I could see um I could see his potential as a captain and that would be, you know, assuming that Logan Couture would be gone. I don't know if they would strip the captaincy and then give it to Hurdle or if they would actually trade Couture. Normally, traditionally, teams would trade away their captains to make a new one. Um kind of gives that person a little bit more respect, I guess. Um it doesn't always happen. I mean, Marlowe lost it. Thornton lost it. Um, and it happened, I think, in a couple other teams. Like L.A., Dustin Brown was the captain, and they took it away and gave it to um, Dowdy, I believe. So um, it, you do see it happen like that. But, um, yeah, I could see Hurdle. Hurdle's really stepped up more than I thought um, as a leader, um, even though he, he has one big rambling sentence when he talks. It's <laughs> great. But, uh, you know. You just Do it, Super Producer Jason. Do it right now. <laughs> I know he's waiting. You know for you it. want to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um yeah. It's uh I I can see it. I can see him being captain. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, so I do want to point <laughs> I don't know why he's doing this. Uh I want to point out a couple uh things from, from the chat here. Uh Kellen's saying he wants to point out the NHL scheduling guy should be fired. Very good. Uh Nicholas Egan saying it's nice to see you guys this evening. Nice to see you too, Nicholas. Um, Peter St. John talking about goaltenders. I have measured views about goalies. No disrespect to Aaron. Okay. And, uh, some guys saying that, yeah, it was an empty netter. Um, Nick and yeah. Kellen saying right. Marner got an empty netter in that one. So he keeps the, uh, the point streak going there. So, uh, there you go with that. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think when it comes to hurdle, I, I, I'm still not hundred percent sure that he's like captain C material, but for me, it's just, it, it's just that much closer to it. When a guy is willing to jump out in front of the media and just kind of take the blame like that. Um, uh, that's, it, it shows a, a leadership quality um, and a quality of, you know, taking, taking it on your shoulders. Like I, I, it's, it's up to me as one of the better players on this team and frankly, one of the better paid players on the team to really um, kind of help push them along. And we're looking for points and I have to be more responsible than that. And that's the kind of thing that trickles down the locker room. And I think that's one of the things that's been um, so prominent in what the Sharks have been trying to push, even when Doug Wilson was here, was get the locker room right, fix that locker room, right? And one of the things we had heard from, I can't remember who it was, one of the uh, the beat writer guys uh, was saying that the the locker room is not like fracturing, right? I think that was the word that the guy used. And actually, it might have been Ted Ramey, come to think of it. I, he I think he had said that the locker room isn't fracturing. Um, you know, as bad as the, the, the team has been doing in terms of uh, just wins and losses, right? Forget everything else. Just what, what matters, right? Points at the end of the day. That's what matters. Um, they haven't let that uh, break them down as a group. They're still very much a cohesive unit and they're, uh, they've got each other's backs. Um, that's the kind of thing that you want kind of going forward here, right? You get that culture in the locker room, right? And as guys come and go, hopefully that, that culture stays uh, and when you've got a much better uh, talent pool. I'm taking uh, taking roster spots and then you've got that good culture going on and hopefully it's just a snowball of all good things there. So I'm um, happy to hear that at least. So we're just, we're, we are fishing for positives here, <laughs> anything yeah. and everything that we can. Um, so let's see here. We got a couple more comments. Uh, Anthony Sanchez says, what are we discussing? <laughs> oh my goodness. Anthony, just listen. You'll, you'll, you'll pick it up. I'm sure. Uh, 
Oh, uh, Super Producer Jason helping him out says Toronto Maple Leafs three to one loss. That's that's what we were discussing right there. Yes, uh, Anthony also wants uh, to trade Kasher and give the seed a hurdle. I don't know if I agree with you on that one, bud. Um, I don't know that you can lay the 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 play of the Sharks solely on uh, who's the captain, uh, and and certainly wow. there's. There's nobody who wants to win, I think, more than Logan Couture does. And I know it doesn't always come across in media, but they only show you what they want to show you in front of the media. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Uh, neither do we, obviously. So, um, you know, he might be just the, the guy that everybody needs and they just don't have the talent pool. I don't know. Aaron, what do you think about that? I, I can see. I think they will trade Logan eventually. I just don't think it'll be like this season. I think it'll be a couple more seasons down the road. And then eventually the torch will pass to hurdle as the captain so when i talked about him getting traded i don't think it would be this season uh, mainly because i mean he's making eight million dollars for another four more seasons logan couture is um mm-hmm. i think that's a bit hard to swallow for some teams especially this year in this cap uh but the cap next year if it does go up to four million i could see there's gonna be a lot more movement and players um going around teams and people signing for for more so um I wouldn't put it out of the question in like maybe another two years, two two more seasons or so. Because um, oh, yeah. remember, he's he's a great two way forward who can score. He's a, he's got a he's a scorer too. So um, he's kind of an all around package. And when he's in the playoffs, he really steps up his scoring. Um, his compete levels is out, off the charts. So he's going to be a great uh, addition to a team maybe who needs a third line center, a very uh, responsible third line center who can put the puck in the net Um, and having a one, two, three punch down your lineup that can score in the center role is going to be huge for any team. So again, I don't think it would happen for a couple more seasons, but I don't think he's untradeable either. If that makes sense. He does have value and teams see it. Nicholas Egan saying of the younger uh, players with quotes around it, hurdle is probably the best option for C, but Kellen Coming up with another good point here, Kellen. Ferraro is the future captain. Let's not get it twisted. Uh, no. I I can see Ferraro wearing a letter, but not. I don't think he'd wear the captaincy. I think he'd have an alternate. Just because I, he's not on the ice as much as other players. He doesn't get as much ice time. I think it's a matter of time. Yeah. Before he gets more ice time. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still very young. To your point with Merkley, he's still very young, Aaron. I'm not against it. I'm, okay. I'm not saying I'm against it. I just think that there's other options that would be more captain than like Hurdle. I think would be the captain before Ferraro would be. Very fair. You know what? Um, as long as we're talking about Couture, I know we got a couple of the games to talk about here, but we're on the Couture train right now. So let's just do you think he wants to be traded? Debbie Smith wants to know or just win where he can. Couture? Yeah. Um, I don't think he doesn't want to go anywhere. Nobody wants to go anywhere. You want to uproot your entire life and move to a city that you don't really have a choice in. I mean, he, he has a no modified, no movement clause, but still like it's, it's a big deal. You have to think of the human element, not just the job of being a hockey player. So no, I don't think there's many, unless they're disgruntled. There's not usually the players that are saying, yeah, trade me, get me out of here. Um, I think he would have the open discussion with Mike Greer. I think Mike Greer is very open about everything that's going on because the players aren't dumb. They know exactly where they are in the standings. And Couture has said it over and over because because the Sharks are being so are are so low in the standings, everyone just wants, you know, the vultures come out and they want to pick apart the, the roster and sell off all these players. And, and they see that, read it, hear it. 
they know and Couture always says it's our own fault because we're playing poorly and we're not winning games. If we win games, none of this talk would happen. So it's not like it's a shock to any of them. But at the same time, if the trajectory of the Sharks is not going to be good for the next four or five years, then maybe he will say, okay, it's time for me to go chase a cup and go to a team that, that can win and who wants me and I'll have a role. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's actively wanting to go. I think I agree with you. Same vein as a, a Joe Thornton um, or even a Brent Burns. You know, they just, we, we, we want to go where we can have an opportunity to win. Right. And if that's not here right now, then, you know, t- time to move on. I, I can't remember who it was saying, you know, you, you oh, it was Eric Carlson actually was saying, you know, you, you realize um, that you're not so young anymore. When you're young, you think you have all the time in the world. Not all of a sudden you're, you know, you're past your thirties. <laughs> you're just kind of like, Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of time. So um, unfortunately for, for jumbo that, that time has passed it, it would appear, but um, for guys like Couture and even Carlson um, and possibly hurdle, right. Those types of guys, um, the clock's still ticking for them, and I would not blame them whatsoever wanting to go to a team that provides them that opportunity. We've talked all season long about the eventual trade of James Reimer, and we're happy for that. We want that to happen, not because we don't like him or because we're just selfish and want the picks, which we are, um, but we want what's best for the player too, right? And what's best for the player isn't to sit and rot in a place where he's not going to be successful. So we'd much rather see them have an opportunity to go and chase that cup. You know, they're they're good guys, good players, good people. And uh, we want the best for them. So it's funny. Years ago, I went to a hockey game. It was this program where they would hook up somebody. You could buy a ticket and sit with a former player. So it was like a test run. This guy I knew was like, hey, you want to are you interested? I'm like, sure. And I got to go to a game with Dave Maley, uh, former Shark player and former broadcaster, I believe. And the owner, no longer owner, but the, the founder of the Plex, right? Yes, He's the founder of the Sportsplex of um, Roland Ice uh, over at the Santa Clara County Fairgrounds, which eventually moved over to the Plex. Yes. Oh, so he started rolling ice. That goes even yes. further back than the Plex. Okay. Anyway, he was talking to us. His rookie season, he plays with Montreal. He only played. I'm looking at his stats. He only played three regular season games. Plays seven playoff games. They win a cup. He wins a cup in his rookie season. He's like, it's fantastic. It's great. And you're always chasing it. And he's like, you know, after that first year, I'm like, oh, that was easy. Never won it again. He's like, I never won it. Like it it was. And at that time, he was a bit player because he was such a, he was rookie and very young. So he wasn't playing in every game. But um, he's like, he got spoiled because he won it his very first season and then could never even come close again. So, um, yeah, this goes back to your point of everyone wants to win a cup, right? And then you get older and you realize you only have so many years or seasons left and in this sport i mean a devastating injury you're one injury away from never playing again look at uh shea weber look at um probably um was the uh carry price might not play mm-hmm. again like that's it carry price went to the final uh, both shea weber and carry price went to the finals two seasons ago and lost and that might have been their last chance so yeah it's kind of like your mortality, not like you're dying, but your career mortality is coming to fruition. And so you kind of go, okay, like Brent Burns, he's 37. I was like, okay, sharks are going to get here in the next two years. I need to go somewhere else. I can see coach probably doing that in a couple more seasons. We'll see. We'll see where the sharks are. We'll see. We'll see how 
Connor Bedard looks in a Sharks jersey for a couple seasons first, and then then you'll decide. I mean, that could be what he's hanging around for. What if you get Connor Bedard? Would you want to stay for that? Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see what next season brings. Grandizer, I'm probably mispronouncing it. Grandizer12 says, getting paid versus winning a cup. Absolutely. When you're younger, getting paid is great. But when you're older, if you haven't won a cup yet, man, I really would take a, a pay cut. If it meant I could have my name on that shiny piece of hardware, right? That's that's what you're doing this for. That's why you play the game. It's yeah, making money is wonderful. At the end of the day, they are still competitive people, um, and and that's what they want. They're chasing that dream. That's a, a childhood dream. Getting paid as a bonus, right? What they want is their name on that cup. So if you're a guy like Eric Carlson, and we and there were uh, lots of discussions about this uh, in the game, I think against Ottawa, which we'll talk about in just a second here, uh, where Eric Carlson was asked about the Ottawa senators being interested in him potentially going back. And he had said, you know, um, I like where I am right now. Um, I can't, you know, try to think of like what, what could be or whatever. I just have to play in the moment. I'm enjoying the season that I'm having right now, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think though, in the back of his head, yeah, he got paid great, but he's his age is not going to get smaller. He's only going to get older and he knows that everybody knows that. And you're going to be, at a point where you're not capable of playing the way that you are this season. Um, so you want to be able to play for a team as close to your prime so that you can have as much impact on the game as, as you possibly can to try to get that team lifted towards winning a cup. Right. Um, so I don't know if I, there was, again, they were talking a lot about this and he kind of like choked about it with these guys, but I don't know if there's maybe a little something in the back of his head thinking, man, it'd be really great to go back to Ottawa. Because remember, when he left, when he got traded, he was saying, you know, you know, Ottawa is always going to be my home, et cetera, et cetera. And he still has a place in Ottawa. So it wouldn't be like he has to go and buy a new house or anything like that. So um, that would be very interesting to see kind of what happens with him uh, as the season goes on. So I don't know, Aaron, do you think there's anything at all behind this talk about uh, Carlson and the Ottawa Senators and any interest in him. And of course he's got, you know, the, he's got all the say in it with his contract, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I can't see him moving to Ottawa going back there. I just don't see it. I mean, it is new ownership because the owner had passed away and I don't know if you've seen the news, but Ryan Reynolds is looking to possibly purchase the Ottawa Senators. <clears throat> um, he currently owns a, I don't even know how you say, like I had to explain it. He owns a, um, a team, a soccer team in England that's in like the most, the bottom most division um, or tier in English soccer. Brexham, I think is the name of it. Um, him and the and the actor from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I believe. You guys will know the names. Um, they went in and bought it together. And anyway, he's looking to possibly buy the Ottawa Senators and he's Canadian. Um, and he would obviously be like a, minority owner but be the spokesperson for the head whatever um so possibly maybe going back to carlson maybe he would want to go there but i just don't see how it would work um shabbat is there and he's probably their number one defenseman and he's very young so i don't know i just think it'd be kind of weird to have the sharks trade him back to ottawa and i think it would be compute a complete like laughing stock in the nhl other teams would just laugh at us like oh you basically rented carlson for five years and he destroyed your team, you know? So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it would happen, but you never know in this world. So 
What do you think? Do you think it would I, happen? I think at the same time, I mean, why is Ottawa like got a, a good crop of younger players now? It's because they they moved a big name and they got some some picks and prospects back in return and everything else. So okay, uh, maybe that's just what the Sharks need to do now, right? And if it goes back to to Ottawa, yes, I think uh, fans, NHL fans would look at San Jose and kind of laugh. But let's remember, that was a Doug Wilson move. This is Mike Greer at the helm. Mike Greer doesn't care. Mike Greer doesn't care where he came from. He just mm-hmm. cares what's best for the team right now. Now, any moves that Mike Greer makes, maybe he'll look back and go, ah, okay, I don't want to look weird. Or, you know, But that was Doug Wilson's move. I'm undoing something else that I didn't do. Somebody else did, right? So I don't think uh, Mike Greer would care whether or not he goes back to Ottawa. Um I think it just cares about what the return is going to be, frankly. So um, I could see it happening. I don't know that it's going to happen. I think you're right. There, there's a lot of money to move there, but they do have players uh, on on bad contracts that they could shift over. So who knows? Um, Peter St. John, though, does know one thing. He says that he doesn't want his name on the cup. So can he get paid instead? <laughs> that's that's the other thing. Like the players, this is their job. This is their, their day-to-day job is playing yeah. in the NHL. They don't care what team it is. They don't care... Maybe they care what city it is, depending on their life. Like, are they married and have kids? Are they single and want to go out and party? Then you go to Vegas or you go to New York or you go to a bigger city, right? But if you have a family, yeah, maybe you don't really want to play in those big cities. You want something a little bit smaller and safer for kids. So, that again, the human element plays a role in that and... Uh, a place where there's no income tax could play into it, which would be Florida is one of the examples. Uh, Washington, Seattle uh, is another place that has no income tax. So that saves you some money. Like there's just, there's all these different things that go into play. And it's very rare that you get a player like, like think like Carlson could, could play wherever he wanted if a team wanted him, you know, like he has a say because he's, such a superstar player. Then you get the other guys, third, fourth line grinders that are that are bouncing between the AHL and the NHL. They're just trying to stick a job. They don't care who they play for. They want to be in the NHL. They want to stay in the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's. It's very rare that you get again. I think I mentioned this last time, like Tavares saying, "Oh, I grew up a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, <laughs> and I want to go play for my hometown, Toronto." Like, okay, cool. That just that's very unrealistic and doesn't really happen very often. But yeah, and then going back to some of these comments about like Peter saying, I don't want my name on the cup so I can get paid instead. Like when they play in the playoffs, they don't get paid. They only get like a small bonus. I think if they uh win each round, they get a little bit of a bonus, but their salary only pays them through the regular season. So they're not getting paid while they're in the playoffs. So that's I mean, that's kind of like their claim to fame is like, oh, you know, they don't play for the money. They're playing for a cup. Well, kind of. <laughs> they do get paid a bonus. And they're playing for their next contract. Sure. But yes, every player in the NHL is an extremely competitive person. Maybe with the exception of Phil Kessel because he likes hot dogs. But everyone else is very, very competitive. And um, you're not going to see people just, I don't know, be lazy players and and not go for the cup or go, whatever. And there's there's a big stick from from um, Don Cherry about how he hates Russian players because they don't they don't care about the cup, so they're not like trying as hard as other players do, which is just complete bonker. I'm not going to say the word, but 
I, I'm just going off on a tangent now. So, so but but how dare how dare you, Aaron, say that Phil Kessel is not competitive because he likes hot dogs? There's a <laughs> whole competition a, around hot dog eating. That was a joke. Was just Come a on joke. now. He's a very competitive um, person, obviously. Nicholas Egan. I mean, getting paid to play in the NHL is a pretty nice bonus. Nick, uh, do you live in, in San Jose? Because um, a player's yes. salary won't buy you a home. Uh, the, the base salaries won't buy you a home in San Jose. Yeah. So. 750000 is the base. And you probably take half of that away for taxes. And then another percentage goes to your agent. And then there's uh, escrow that you have to pay into. So a $750,000 player in California, or at least in San Jose, is probably clearing about $250,000, $300,000. Which is it's good. It's a good salary to play a game. But you're not buying a place. You're renting. You're yeah. You're not... Unless you're buying like a little townhouse, maybe. But yeah, you're not buying a house. Kellen says you're buying a complete bologna sandwich for that much. <laughs> and Nicholas <laughs> Egan corrects you and me. I, well, you he's saying here, but uh, that's two-time cup winner Phil Kessel to you, Aaron. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> well done, Nicholas. Okay, let's uh, let's finish up here with the Ottawa Senators, the 5-2 loss. Again, we just talked about Hurdle blowing it, supposedly blowing it. He, again, I don't think it's all on him, but that's how everybody saw it, fine, um, against the, the Maple Leafs. Uh, but Hurdle has a, a bounce-back pair of goals, if you will, against the Ottawa Senators. They end up losing that game anyway, 5-2, but he, he scored the two. So he did show up uh, for that game at least. So, you know, again – it's one of those things that you see this guy and he's down and the next game game, he comes back scores to again, it's kind of like that, that leadership quality that I'm going to come back, be stronger than ever. Um, and I'm not going to let this keep me down and hold me down. And he does exactly that. Uh, unfortunately, the, the sharks tempt uh, the, the Ottawa senators with uh, a power plays and there's, you know, our penalty kill is so good. Well, not that good this game, apparently. So three out of five, goals i'm sorry three out of five chances and actually still three out of the five goals were on the power play for the senators in this game um the the penalty kill finally comes back to earth finally falters aaron (laughs) um tell me about this uh the pk is it has it just been too stressed uh well they're missing one of their better pkers in Sturm, right that's gonna take a toll because now you gotta throw out somebody else who's not really quite uh a starter in that in that role um i yeah just you when you play with fire so much you're gonna get burned and they were giving up a lot of power plays this week taking a lot of dumb penalties a lot of just mental mistakes not moving their feet a lot of stick infractions just lazy tired plays um it is a market correction in a way and even then they give up was it five goals six goals five five on the power play they're still in first place in the league for pk like they they dropped but they're still in first place so yes the, the pk will probably not finish the season over 90 percent. i think that's kind of I, I don't think that's realistic so they're at, right now they're sitting at 86.3 after letting in those five so um still pretty elite but they're banged up and missing your well, I guess they're missing Ferraro too. Sturm yep. and Ferraro. Those are two big shot blockers right there. Sturm well, more of like the the smarter player who's playing up top as, as the winger. And then Ferraro's a shot blocking machine. He he and he's heavily missed in this lineup right now. 
Well, who else is heavily missed in this lineup that would do pretty well in the PK? He's got uh, big pads on his legs. Reimer, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you, you, again, like you said, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. And not only are you uh, giving them mass amounts of opportunity, you're doing it without some of your mainstays uh, on the PK. So, yeah, of course, uh, ends up uh, in the back of your net three times out of the five chances that you gave them. Um, two <laughs> hey, of those Kellen. chances. What's that? I say, Kellen said, does this also show how valuable Reimer is? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. As as poor as the Sharks are in the standings, it could be a lot worse without Reimer, which is scary. It absolutely would be a lot worse. But again, so we say we could look at this two ways, how valuable Reimer is to the team and to the PK, but also how valuable Reimer is to a, another suitor, right? I mean, this yeah. is somebody that, you know, again, brings value uh, via trade, right? So that's one of those things that we're looking at for for him, not only as a player to get shipped out and and go somewhere where he can be successful, but his value is going up and what we're going to be able to get back for him. So um, all good things there, I, I think, and I hope um, a, a trade uh, to, to get Reimer out of here would be best for everybody involved. And I think that would should make everybody happy. There should be no hard feelings uh, when it comes to that. So there you go on that. Um, but I was going to say LeBanc ends up in the box twice. And, um, you know, <laughs> I'm not really bad, sure man. what to say about LeBanc anymore. Like, for, for me, there's three players on this team that I've really felt kind of le- let down about, right? One of them is LeBanc. Another one is Lindblom, who we'll talk about in a second as well. And then uh, Noah Gregor, I think. I, I think Noah Gregor has got some uh, some potential. And I, I just don't see him being the 10, 15, hopefully goal scorer that you guys think that he, he can be. I just don't see it. So I've kind of, I've kind of been let down by that, that small group. But for, for me, again, it's, it's Le- LeBanc in the box again. And in fact, let's just skip ahead to the Buffalo game where we lose six to three. Um, you know, again, LeBanc, um, he, he gets asked about the penalty kill in which they, they had four uh, opportunities for <laughs> opportunities uh, given to the other team, right? To, to, uh, to the Buffalo Sabres here. They go 50% on their PK, two out of four. And when LeBanc was asked about it, he says, well, yeah, you know, you just got to keep your feet moving. That's that's really what – really, Kevin? Really? You just got to keep your feet moving? I mean, that's how appropriate. That's your whole problem, buddy. That's your whole problem is that you're not moving your feet. And and that's why you have the stick infractions. Whenever you're tripping somebody or hooking somebody, it's because you're not moving your feet. Like that's really what it comes down to. So how appropriate that you're the guy that they're asking about this and this is your response. You talk about a canned response that you were talking about earlier. They just kind of give you the, oh, yeah, we just need to do this. I mean, how really, how much more can can this possibly be? He's saying exactly what he needs to do. And this is exactly what's getting him in the box repeatedly. So you but, would think that he would be able to take his own advice and just, you know what it comes down to for me? And it's like coaching kids, I tell them the same thing. And my son, I tell him the same thing. He's not a very physical guy, okay? Just like Kevin LeBanc is a smaller dude and he's not really known for hitting fine there's a difference between trying to body check someone and separating them from the puck and separating them from the puck has everything to do with your foot speed your angle and your desire to just skate through hands you don't have to body check anybody all you have to do is take their stick away and get your body in between them and the puck and when you're falling behind yes you tend to hook and trip because you're trying to catch back up without having to move your legs so it just it's it's infuriating um, when when a player just doesn't want to do the hard work 
to to get the result that you're supposed to have. And instead you've got offensive zone stick infractions. Um, and it's just, again, I, it irks me and I'm, I'm obviously a little upset about it, but <laughs> that's, it's just, you, then you're going to come out and just say that like, no, don't, you don't, Oh, we just got to keep, no, you got to just keep, you need I, to do this. I, so anyway, I'm done ranting. Go ahead. Take over. I want to know how many, what is the average distance away from the goal? that he takes penalties because I feel like he's always behind the other team's net taking a hooking or a tripping penalty because he's too slow or too lazy to move his feet and get into a position to, to take the puck away. He's had so many trips and hooks and everything from, from that far away, like 200 feet away from his, from his goal. He's got to be leading the league in that. There's got to be a way to, to measure that too. Like maybe pinpoint like on the dots on, on the ice, <laughs> of where a penalty is taken and then you can measure it from there. I don't know. I don't know if someone does that or not, but oh, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure natural stat trick would do that. Um, I think the one stat that stood out to me though, and I think it was Corey Massasak had said it, um, that he's a minus six when it comes to uh, differentials of between penalties drawn and penalties taken. So in other words, he's taken seven penalties and only drawn one. Mm-hmm. He, he's good. putting you at a disadvantage more often than not. I don't really care how many points the guy does or does not have when, when you're taking so many offensive zone uh, penalties things. I mean, penalties that are so far away from your net and are not going to result in a goal. Right. Um, I understand that you're trying your best to get the puck back. I get that. I get that you have good intentions. Everybody in this league has good intentions. They all want to win, right? That's what they're there for. That's why they're getting paid. Um, but for you to have the same problem, and it's not just even this season, we're talking about season in, season out for the past, I don't know, however many seasons he's been with us. It seems like he has not learned that lesson yet, that it's it's the foot speed and the angle more so than the, I'm going to try to get you with my stick. And he it happens all the time. And I, oh, I just do not understand how this has not been brought up to him yet, that dude... Oh. Enough sure. of the stick infractions. Yeah. Move your feet. Get your body in there, right? I'm and sure again, it's been... you don't have to be a huge, bulky human being to smash. <laughs> you don't have to hit anybody. You just have to skate through the hands and separate them that way. There's no, there's no massive body checking required for this. It's simply get in where the hands are. That's it. And for some reason, he just he's always behind the body instead of in front of the body. And that's where you get the hooks and the trips. I'm so, pretty sure they've, uh, they've talked Kellen about thinks it's 180 foot minimum. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they've discussed this with them. And I mean, this year he's been, he's missed a few games. He was scratched, wasn't he? So, I mean, it's not like it's not, it's nothing new. Um, to me, he just reminds me of like a beer leaguer who used to be really good and got away <laughs> with doing things because they were so good but they're lazy. Like they don't put in the work, you know, they're just, they're that guy on your team that never back checks at all. And you're just like, come on, dude. I have those, I play indoor soccer and there's players that I play with exactly like that. Same way. You, you know what I'm talking about? There's, yeah. there's certain, I mean, it kind of crosses over from what I'm playing in, in hockey. Like, you know, there's certain kinds of players that are exactly like that. Like you just, I really don't like playing with them. Especially when you're like, you're trying to, you know, in soccer, we're always talking and, and telling people to cover and they don't. And you're just like, the hell, I just told you to do that. Like, obviously, they're going to score a goal because you weren't covering them. And they're just lazy. They just don't want to do it. 
Peter St. John looks like he's a great hitter. Uh, LeBanc never seems to have gotten the memo about uh, uh, ever about defense. I totally agree. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we're saying. Yeah, Kellen's saying, I don't think the Sharks draw too many penalties as a team as well, though. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, but... Um, <laughs> This is this is what it comes down to is just you got you got to move your feet and and that's what he's saying keep got to keep your feet keep your feet moving English is my first language uh, I promise you so just stay with me <laughs> uh, I think Hedekin would say he's a cake eater yeah maybe he's a cake eater I don't know uh, it's just um, it's just annoying man it's just really annoying I can I can handle losses I can I, I mean can handle losses. you you see his goal that he scored. No, I didn't even. Oh, absolute snipe. Just sniped it into the top right corner, like barred down in the corner, like bing, just beats him glove side. It was amazing. And you're kind of like, okay, well, yeah, he's got a great shot. I could see why he's in the lineup because that was an amazing goal. It really was. And we keep saying he needs to shoot more. He shot that one and it was, you need to look it up. It was a slick goal. So good. You know, The what what he was saying about uh, the the sharks don't draw too many penalties as a team. Um, you draw penalties by being a fast skater. That's really what it comes by by keeping your legs moving. That is how you draw penalties because people have no choice but to hook and to trip and to hold. Right? They have no no other choice but to do that. That's how you draw a penalty. I wouldn't say you draw a penalty if you're standing on the boards with you know with your back facing the player and they just drill you in the back. That's just them being a goon. You didn't really draw a penalty. You were just the unfortunate person that was there against the glass when they decided to be a goon. But the way that you draw a penalty is by being a, a hard, fast skater. And I think um, and, and getting to those dirty areas like Cunning does, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. Right. I want to discount what he does, but. Um, and, and Peter St. John saying it right now, skating, skating, skating. Absolutely. The more you're moving your feet, the harder it is for them to stay with you, to catch you, to be in the right position, to angle you properly. There's so many different things that go into it. And when that doesn't go right, they have no choice but to try to slow you down in a way that would be deemed illegal. So that's really what it comes down to for me is that that effort, right? That that desire, that want. Um, and I just don't know that a lot of the Sharks are, are there right now. Guys like Nico Sturm, he's definitely there. Guys like Cunning, they're definitely there. I mean, obviously, Nico's out of the lineup right now. But um, anyway, I always talk about Mario Ferraro, same thing. He's a guy that never stops skating. The difference with Mario is he's barely ever holding the puck. So there, he's not really getting infractions drawn on him. He's usually the guy going and getting the puck and then moving the puck up and out. So there's a difference there. But um and, and then Peterson John saying that is why Timo was drawing a lot of penalties. Yeah, because Timo's got the memo. Hey, drive your feet, get to the net. Absolutely. They don't want you in that high danger spot, and they have to catch you. Mm-hmm. If you have a step on them, guess what they're going to do? They're going to try to haul you down. So for me, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, being a goon. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I'm talking about. But whatever. Anyway, um, so that's that's what they have to do. They have to try to haul you down. And when you're not moving your feet, you don't have the desire. You don't have the effort you're not going to draw penalties. And and when I see that Kevin LeBanc has seven penalties and he's only drawn one, that tells me again, this is a guy that's not moving his feet. He keeps hauling people down when he doesn't have the puck and he's not skating hard enough to get hauled down. Right. Am, am I, am I off on this? Aaron? What do you think? No, no I, and moving your feet is exactly how you draw penalties. Like you see those guys that, they're up against the boards and they're getting pinned and you start moving your feet. They're going to call a penalty. 
because you're so we're going to do the roll call and i know we've got a different thing here but i, I want to do for roll call um if you agree with the whole like moving your feet thing first of all with, with, when it comes to drawing penalties um and and obviously the reason that you have to take a penalty so if we could add that in as part of what the roll call is but super producer jason also has something in here oh maybe actually Aaron might have typed it in um who is your future captain so uh let us know what you think about that also of course the usual tell us where you're uh, you're watching us from that's always fun um and then let's see uh while we're doing that aaron maybe you can help out with that one there um while we're doing that i want to call it this this uh, question here can we trade lebank peter st john can we trade lebank i don't know honestly how tradable kevin lebank is I mean, again, all the things that we just got done saying about Kevin, I don't know that many teams have that, an eye on him as they did before. Now, Aaron had said earlier in the season, not much earlier, maybe uh, a week or two ago, that he saw Kevin as kind of like a setup guy. And then Aaron just got done talking about, man, this snipe that he had, right? I, I see I see Kevin LeBank more as the trigger man. I see him as you want to get him the puck when you've already moved it around a few times and the defense is leaning the wrong way. And then he uses that shot of his, he's got a really nice wrister and I wish that he would use that more often. Um, but I, I feel like he just moves the puck around where that's not really his forte. I think his forte is get me the puck when everyone is leaning in the wrong direction. And then let me just you know, fire it. Like Aaron just talked about, he sniped it. Right. I, that's how I see it. Now do other teams see that in him? I don't know if they see that because he doesn't use that weapon too often. Right. Um, and what teams see most probably is the parade to the penalty box. And I don't think they want a guy at four or whatever million dollars a year, who's going to go to the penalty box quite a bit and isn't really scoring all that much. Like the, he doesn't really have a big draw, I think for other teams right now. Um, we've got the roll call question up there. Perfect. So Aaron, tell me what you think about that is the bank, a guy, obviously is somebody I wouldn't mind trading, but is, Beyond him, some that you want to trade or don't want to trade, is he tradable? Are other teams even looking at this guy? Uh, <clears throat> the player itself, yes. The contract is what's hard. And he's getting paid, let me look real quick, $4.75 million, I believe. Oh God, I hope not. $4.725, almost $5 million. Um, too much, but he's got next year – He's a UFA after next year. So he's only got two seasons left this season and next year. So yeah, he's going to take a huge pay cut. Um, will a team want him as a rental player next year, get trade next year? Absolutely. Cause at that point, his salary will be deducted by, uh, you know, by the trade deadline. It'll be a lot less. I think um, he could possibly be losing a spot in the roster, depending on how many of the young guys are getting called up next year anyway. And who's getting added this upcoming draft. So he might want to be moved anyway to keep playing in the NHL on another team. Um, and again, I think he he does well on the power play. He does well when there's more space. When it's five on five, I don't think he's as good. He's not as creative. Um, he doesn't have as much time or space. He, I think he's a good player, but he's kind of a third line guy that can help on your power play. And that's kind of a pigeonhole role because he does not kill penalties he's never been used to pe kill penalties the only time he he helps the team out is when there's a bench penalty too many men on the ice and he goes and serves it that's that's his role and that's 
you don't want that role. You don't want if you want to play in the NHL, you don't want that role. That 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 role goes to rookies that don't really play penalty kill, right? Not established players that should be busting their butt. Imagine getting him traded to Philadelphia. Because who coaches in Philadelphia? Tortorella. Oh, no, he'd be dead. Yeah. That's what I feel like he needs. He needs a coach that will... He's going to become a shot-blocking, penalty-killing, <laughs> do-not-take-a-stick-infraction penalty. Um, I, he just needs like that kind of tough love. So um, I could see him thriving in that or failing. Either, be, you know, I was going to say, it'll either round out his game or yeah. he'll get uh, put on the waiver wire one way or the or other. Swim. That's uh, at this point, that's yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Peter St. John saying he's watching from Hollister and he says, the captain, can he be the player to be named later? I mean, that's that's the whole question is who's the player? Uh, and uh, he says, yes, I agree. It's all about skating when it comes to. Uh, whether or not you're drawing penalties. Nicholas Egan from San Jose is saying stationary players never get calls. Absolutely. And he says, you're captain in mine, Connor <laughs> Bedard. <laughs> I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Matt Lowe, Castro Valley. Yes, you got to at least move your feet to get in any position and be ready for body contact. Cannot shy from that. Absolutely. Um, my future captain, Gannon LaRock. Isn't he? He's in the AHL right now, right? Barracuda. He's a defenseman. Maybe, I don't know. He's a defenseman that they had. Um, That's right. Signed last year as You're an right. entry, entry level, I believe. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uh, signed. Uh, I'm looking him up right now. Oh, okay. He, he was drafted fourth round in 2021. He's a 6'2", right-handed defenseman. He's only 19. He's pretty young, but uh, yeah, he's been making some ways. I think it's like Grandizer Twelve agrees. Grandizer, let me know if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. Uh, I feel like I am, but the way that it's spelled, it I, I feel like I'm I'm getting it my best shot here. <laughs> so uh, he says I'm watching it on YouTube. Yes, we can see that. Cool. Uh, from Phoenix, Arizona, this week. Oh, this week. I guess he's a traveling man. Uh, I agree. Moving your feet, being in motion. At this time, I have not watched enough games to see who should be a future captain. Well, hey man, at least you're honest. A lot of people will just throw out an opinion. So I a hundred percent appreciate. Um, <laughs> I do not appreciate this comment. Future captain for me, Noah Gregor. Maybe future captain of the uh, AHL Barracuda. Hey, hey, that stash has power, man. Oh my god. He needs <laughs> Got to keep something. It. He needs to keep the stash. That thing is is so good. So good. dirty. What you know what's not good is the special team stats for the week for the San Jose Sharks. Aaron, why don't you uh take us away on some of these stats? My goodness, how the mighty have fallen. Well, first of all, they went two for 10 on the power play. So 20% pretty average. Um, in fact, their average on the season is 21.1%. So it did go down slightly because of that, but that puts them in 19th. They're not, that's not good. And that's not bad. It's not disastrous bad, but it's definitely not helping the team. You know, it's not holding the team up with power play goals. Now the PK, this was bad. Um, obviously the last two games, they gave up five goals on the power play. So they went 13 for 18 on the PK for the, for the week, but that's eight more penalties, eight more power plays that they had to kill. 
than they had for the week, which is not good. Um, but that 72%, they went 72% this week, only drops them to 86.3 on the season. They're still in first place. They're still leading the league in penalty killing. So that's how good this team is at penalty killing. And I think if someone had put the stat, and I forget who it was, I don't want to say the name, but someone had posted in here that they are still save percentage number one in the NHL for goalie save percentage on the PK and their last dead last on five on five, which is bizarre, just bizarre. But it's Um, great for the standings. (laughs) Yes. I don't mind. Again, I don't mind, but whatever. I'm just pointing out the problems and what needs to get corrected going into next year. To be fair, again, we talked about some of the guys that are missing fair. from the PK. To be fair. Uh, we talked about some of the guys that are missing from the PK, and I feel like um, while the 18 is horrendous, um, I think the 13 would have been a, a much better number, maybe closer to 15, 16, uh, had you had some of those guys back in the lineup. I think Nico Sturm is a humongous part of the penalty kill. I think uh, Ferraro brings a whole heck of a lot of it, and I think if you have Reimer in the net for – one game here or there while this is all going on. Um, certainly a much better chance of having, uh, of, of maintaining that high level uh, PK. So still 86.3%, 21.1% on the power play. What they always say, Aaron, when you add the two up, if you're over a hundred percent, you're in good shape. So it looks like the PK is still propping up the power play, but the sharks are just not getting the points regardless. So they're, they're just losing the battle five on five. You know, uh, special teams is great. Being able to win that battle and, um, you know, have your your total percentages uh, over that 100% mark is great, wonderful, but they're just losing at five on five is really what it comes down to. So um, they've got uh, they got a lot of work to do in that arena. I think there's some stuff to focus on with the power, uh, the power play for sure. I think penalty kill has been great. And I think you're just missing personnel there. But five on five is as uh, the big problem, I think so far. So if they're planning on winning some games, which I don't even know if they are at this point, but if they are planning on winning some games, that's probably where the best uh, use of their time is. Um, anything last you want to talk about with the Sharks is I do want to uh, hit the Cuda up. There's some some really good play uh, going on with the Barracuda recently. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that before we uh, get moving here. Um, I'm just looking at the last three seasons of the Sharks. Last year, they were set, they ended second in penalty kill. Second in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before that, they're in the middle at 80%. Um, but their power play was atrocious. This is two seasons ago. They're at 14.1% on the season. It's awful. That was the shortened season, the COVID shortened season. Um, they've improved. I mean, if you look at it over the last three years, the last three seasons, they've gotten better and better. So they are working on it. They're getting better. But um, just showing that there is actual progress being made <laughs> and the PK is obviously it's, it is keeping them afloat for, for the special teams as, uh, aspect of it. But yeah, um, let's move on to the CUDA. Where they're Before more we do, Peter St. John says, what about Buffalo? Peter, we were actually talking about Buffalo when I was talking about LeBanc saying you got to keep your feet moving. That was the post game for that game. Really, the only thing I wanted to highlight in that game is that we lost six to three and <laughs> that he had made the very appropriate uh, comment about moving your feet when he's the guy that needs to move his feet. Um, the only other thing I think I'll, I, I will say this, um, Oscar Lindblom, again, he's been one of those guys for me that I was hoping would have a bit of a resurgence and it just hasn't seemed to be working out for him. He's kind of been uh, uh, one of the 
the, uh, like I said, the three disappointments for me uh, so far this season. Um, you know, in his post game, Oscar had said, you know, they just wanted it more than us. Um, and the thing that bothered me about that was that the <laughs> he scores a goal in this game, right? It's the first goal of the season for this guy after 20 something games. And he's saying they just wanted it more than us. Um, I feel like everybody on the Sharks wants it more than Oscar right now. Maybe that's not fair to say. Like, I know he's gone through some some stuff and, um, you know, he's just getting himself back into to the league and everything. I, I get that. But when you put one goal in and you're talking about the other team wants it more than us. I mean, there's some truth to that, I'm sure. But I don't know. I just didn't. It rubbed me the wrong way. Like. Like, oh, I did my part, you know, I scored my goal, but they just wanted it more than us. Again, maybe I'm reading that wrong, but I, I just, I just, I didn't like that. I didn't care for that. Um, I don't know, Aaron, am I reading into that too much? I, again, for, for me, I, I mean, obviously Lindbaum hasn't really done much of anything this season. We talked about this already. Nick Bonino hasn't done anything this season really either. He's got a single goal um, and he's even got less points, I think by one than Oscar does, but it's different. Bonino brings something else to the table, right? Yeah, he's he's um I don't know, works hard and kills penalties too and is just one of those smart players, kind of like Sturm but just not as fast as Sturm. Um Lindblom to me is I wasn't sure what to expect. I was hoping for more. Obviously, I'm a little disappointed as well, but um I still think he needs a little bit more time getting back into the groove of things. When you miss that much time physically away from the game, um physically fighting for your life because he was fighting cancer it's um it takes a toll on your body and it takes you a while it takes you years to build that muscle back up so i think uh he's getting to that point and i'm hoping the second half of this season we'll see more of the oscar limbloom than that we were expecting to see than we did in this first half so i think he's i think you'll still have time to turn it around and and do good things this season so, so you're saying I'm a jerk and I'm too harsh on him? No, I, not at all. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm more of like explaining like the process of coming back from something. I mean, it wasn't like he broke his leg. It wasn't like you know something that had a quicker recovery. It's it takes a lot out of your body to do what he did. So, um, just to get back at a professional level like that takes years. It doesn't. It's not going to be months. It's going to be years. Do you think it would have been better for Oscar then to have come back in a different capacity, like come back with um, with an AHL contract instead? Um, no. No, no, he's still he's still NHL level. I don't. If he went, if he did an AHL contract, then you'd have to clear waivers, right, to get back to get signed or pulled back up. I mean, it to me, he's a he's a reclamation project. Here's a guy who played in the NHL who had a lot of promise and was looking good and the sharks were able to get him for pretty cheap and hope that he would be the player that he was. And so far he's not quite there, but I have a feeling like, like again, going back to the whole, like um, my theory of Greer protecting the young guys that are in the AHL um, by putting serviceable NHL caliber players in those positions, such as Limbloom to force a competition so not just Limbloom doesn't have that spot. It's not like he's it's given to him. He's fighting for that spot. He's trying to beat out the other players that are behind him, you know, nipping at his heels to take over. So he's creating this whole competitive environment 
um, to push these players more. So I, I'm, he's still a NHL caliber player. He's not putting up the points, but the Sharks, man, they're, they don't have a lot of players that are putting up a lot of the points. So it is what it is. I, I'm fine with them on the team. I don't, he doesn't bug me as much as LeBanc. I'll say that. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, remember, though, Limblom was a UFA signing, so they could have signed him to a contract where it wouldn't have mattered in clearing way, just signed him to a, um, an AHL contract. Um, but, uh, okay, let's just go through some of the comments with, about the Sharks before we jump into the code here. I got a, someone here I don't recognize, Mingo Boone, who's on Facebook. Uh, keep your stick on the ice. Stay out of the penalty box. Light the lamb. Let's That's go, Sharks. Typo. I'm, I know it was light the lamp, but it says light the lamb, and I want to read it verbatim. I don't want – hey, maybe he meant light the lamb. I don't know. Maybe he sets fires to stuff. I have no clue. Um, let's see. Peter St. John, I was blown away by their talent. They are loaded. I'm not sure who they are. Do you know who he's talking about? They? Um, uh, Buffalo. The Buffalo game. Go. Okay. Yeah, uh, Katie, Katie Harshman. I'm in Campbell. Timo is my captain. She's following up from our uh, previous roll call there. Thank you for that, Katie. Appreciate that. And let's see. Nicholas Egan wants to chime in on Benino and Limblom, both getting their first in the same game is slightly comical. Yeah. Hey man, hopefully it's the first of many more for these two. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for them to have a resurgence, especially for Benino because he's on the one, one year uh, left on his contract. I'm hoping for him to have a resurgence so that a team will find him more valuable and want to take him on so that he has an opportunity to win a cup also selfishly so that we get a better uh, draft pick uh, in, in return. And same thing goes for Limbaugh. I know he's got a two-year contract, but um, if this is a guy who somebody else sees more value in and thinks that they could be a part of their uh, potential Stanley Cup winning roster, then, hey, more power to him. As Aaron said, he's gone through quite a bit. So um, it would be great for him to have the opportunity uh, to go there and do that. And right. Peter St. John, yes, he he's uh, he was talking about Buffalo earlier uh, when you uh, had made that, um, yeah. um, that comment there. Yeah, With Bonino and uh, Lindblom and Gregor last week getting their first goal of the season, there are only five Sharks left on the roster that have not scored a goal. Do you want to take a guess? How many left on that have not scored a goal? Five have not scored a goal. Five. One player has not registered a point. Megna? Megna have not scored. That's one. Okay. It's, I, mean, I was going to say, it's got to be like young defensemen, first of all, right? Chichek? Yep. Okay. Who else? I, I don't know. Who else? Harrington? Harrington? Really? He's only played two games. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. That's about the, yeah. But he does have an assist, so he has a point. I was thinking, you know, when you said Harrington, Benning came to mind for some reason. Oh. That's why. Okay. So Harrington. Yeah. He's only played a handful of games, though. Yeah. You're right. Gadjevich. That's kind of surprising. A dozen games. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's there for a different reason. Right. Uh, Vlasic has not scored no. a goal. Kind of surprising, isn't it? Wait, does Vlasic not have a point or a goal? Goal. Okay. I'm talking okay. about goals. Yeah. So defenseman plus one forward. Um, yeah. I mean, Vlasic's got 27 shots on goal. That's a decent amount. Kellen here, by the way, uh, saying, wasn't Benino the snake-bitten guy last season as well? Absolutely, he yes. was. And then he, he in the beginning was. of the season, he was very, very cold, and people were shocked because at that time, he was playing on the power play, the top power play unit. Yep. Um, probably the I think it took him like 20 games to get a goal last year. Speaking of guys who can't score, 
And speaking of Kellen, I want to bring up that Kellen had a bet with us last week. Uh, he said, if Noah Gregor doesn't score, and you try to change this. He says, if Noah Gregor doesn't score this week, I'll buy a shirt. And you said it should be if he does score, to which I replied, Aaron, I want the highest probability of Kellen buying a shirt. Do I not? That's got to be him not scoring a goal, right? So I don't want to rub it in anybody's face, but um, he did not score a goal again this week. Kellen did go and buy not one, but I think four shirts, if I'm correct. Kellen, tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe I just misread the, 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 the message he sent me there. But he bought a slew of shirts. I guess he said his, his kids can use uh, some shirts as well. So uh, thank you, Kellen. I appreciate you supporting the show, being a man of your word, uh, and being willing to uh, to do a little bit of wagering there. That was uh, that was pretty awesome stuff. Thank you, Kellen. I appreciate that, bud. Um, yeah, it's infected.com. So if you would like to be as cool as Kellen is and look as cool as Kellen's kids, you can go to thefinfactor.com and pick up the same shirts that he bought uh, or hats, stickers, uh, water bottles, that kind of stuff as well. So please, if you'd like to support the show, feel free to head over to thefinfactor.com and get something in return. If you don't want something in return, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you don't uh, and you want to support the show, you can do that super chat or Venmo at the fin factor. Uh, those are the best ways to do that. Got to be gym ready, Kellen says. He's going to be wearing at the gym. So if you go to the gym that Kellen goes to and you see a guy pumping iron with a Fin Factor shirt on, there you go. There's all the cool stuff you can get. Oh, yeah, the hoodies. I keep forgetting about the hoodies. So there you go. There's the um, It's pretty nice. Yeah, it is pretty nice. Awesome. Okay, done with the Sharks for now. Please stick around, guys, because, uh, again, if you're not enjoying the Sharks, you should be watching the CUDA. They are a blast. They are the future of the the Sharks franchise, uh, and they look great on the ice together. They are um, doing – for me, I think they they look exceptionally well. Maybe their record doesn't quite say that, but they are doing exceptionally well uh, for, for what I'm looking for out of these players. So the CUDA, um, most recently, I went to the Teddy Bear Toss game uh, on Saturday. Super awesome. They had a 4-2 win against the Tucson Roadrunners, uh, also known as the Meat Meeps. Uh, apparently, the, the fans are saying, uh, chanting, beat the Meat Meeps. And then his <laughs> this guy, his his daughter was going, meep, 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 meep. It was just, it was very cute. Anyway, uh, they beat them by a score of 4-2. to two. Uh, Luke Johnson gets the teddy bear toss goal. If you don't know what I'm talking about, basically what happens is, the uh, all the fans bring in teddy bears. In fact, they were passing out a teddy bear as well. If you wanted to keep it, you can. But right at the door, uh, I think it was like first two thousand people would get a mini teddy bear. And if you uh, would like to throw it, you can. If you don't, you can keep it. That's great. Uh, but lots of people's coming in with uh, bags full of teddy bears and everything else. I think my family we brought uh, a squishmallow. I get, I don't know what that thing is, but it's a squishmallow. There you go. And then uh, my other son brought a big teddy bear, and my other son brought a gigantic pink unicorn. And <laughs> when when they scored this goal, we had them launching over the glass. It's so much fun. Again, the first goal that they scored during that game, uh, it, it just comes raining down with fluffies. Man, it's just so cool. Um, they had uh, some of the 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 little giveaways, the little bears. People were trying to throw them over the netting and they got caught in the netting. So for the rest of the game, they had little bears that were stuck in the net. Uh, it was really funny. One guy was uh, trying to throw this this bear over the, the net and he was doing it from like the bottom of the bowl. And he and he had like a quarterback cannon of an arm, uh, really chucked it up there and it kept coming down. The fans kept cheering him on. He finally throws it as hard as he can, gets over everybody. The whole place just erupted when he threw it over. It's hilarious. 
So um, 3,879 bears got chucked over the, the, the glass here. And this all goes to the uh, some local kids who are going to have uh, some nice stuffies for uh, their their Christmas. So it uh, goes to obviously a very good cause. So uh, if, if you went to that game, I'm sure you enjoyed it. And uh, of course, the I think it was uh, Kaiser Permanente was was the one that uh, sponsors it. I'm sure they thank you for you coming out there and and helping out, uh, sending some bears over the glass and everything. Um, Bordalo has a three point game here, one goal, two assists. The guy is on fire right now. Um, again, if you're not watching the Barracuda, he's he's worth the price of admission alone. And Aaron, I had made that meme a while ago with Eklund and Bordalo, the guy walking down the street with his girlfriend, and he's looking over his shoulder, and the girlfriend is Eklund, and the girl he's looking at is Bordalo. Um, that's Sharks fans. And I'm telling you, Aaron, I'm still 100% on the train that Bordalo is going to be more NHL ready and earlier than Eklund will be. Uh, I know he was not quite as high of a pick, but the, the guy looks insane. He looks amazing to me. Um, in this game, something to be pointed out. Um, I'm going to butcher the name, and I apologize. Bokon, Bokonji Imama. <clears throat> I'm going to call him Boko for short, and I'm sure that's what everybody else calls him. If they don't, I apologize. But Boko, um, the entire game for the Roadrunners was just trying to start a fight. Like he was lined up with anybody at the face-off dots and he was just like, just chatting away, pushing and shoving and always trying to just a guy that was just looking to see if he could start a fight. I don't know if he's looking for an NHL role as an enforcer. Somebody needs to tell him that role is dead. Regardless, um, he goes and absolutely blasts uh, Kenyatsev in the back. Um, there, it was a puck that was going down almost for an icing. Didn't quite make it. Kenyatsa was going after it. And here comes Boko right behind him. No slow up whatsoever. And just absolutely flattens and annihilates, uh, Kenyatsa. He goes down, um, gloves are going off. People are just getting mad at each other and everything. And, um, as Kenyatsa is leaving the ice, he gives a thumbs up to the crowd saying he's okay. But, uh, he got tossed out of the game. Uh, Boko did. So I don't know if there was anything more behind that. I didn't get to see the game today that they played, but um, it was at least good to see that he got ejected for that because it was completely unnecessary. Um, I just think back to when kids are wearing their jerseys with the the red stop sign on the neck. Um, Maybe they need to have that for these guys that are just really hungry to make it to the NHL. I don't know, but uh, it was a very unsafe play and I'm just glad to see that Kenyatsev is okay. Um, the last thing on Barracuda is again, they did have a game tonight, four, three overtime win against the Roadrunners, the same team, the beat meeps, right? Um, Bordalo in this game, um, scores again. So he goes from having four points in the first 12 games of the season, actually it was four points in the first five games. And then he just went for seven games with nothing. Um, he goes from that to 12 points in the last 10 games. And 11 of his 16 points are goals. Uh, and then, of course, Luke Johnson, the same guy that that uh, caused the teddy bear toss rioting, um, he gets the overtime winner for this game here. Uh, but, I mean, 11 of 16 for, for Bordalo are goals. This guy, to me, is as close to getting a call up as anybody else. And if I'm Oscar Lindblom... I'm looking over my shoulder just a little bit here. I know you say he's an NHL guy who's having a hard go right now. I get it. No problem. But do you tell me that a guy like Bordelow isn't knocking on that door? I don't know. 
I don't think they're going to do it. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't think they'll bring them up until after the trade deadline. Once they, I'm assuming they're going to be moving pieces out. That's, I don't think they're going to call any of those guys up until then. Okay. I, th- what are the sharks doing? They're not going anywhere. They're not going. They're not going anywhere. Standings. They're not going to be making playoffs. So why? Why? You don't think just NHL experience? I'm not saying I agree with it. Okay. I'm saying this is what I think the Sharks are doing. Fair enough. Okay. I would love for them to be up. To me, watching Thomas Bortolo last season, he impressed me more than William Eklund did. Like he seemed to, he seemed to belong. He had that certain. I don't know. The certain swagger. touch, you know? What? The swagger. He's got a swagger yeah, about him. Absolutely. Like he he looks like an NHL player to me. So yeah. Nicholas Egan, by the way, uh, he says book, but I think he means Boko. Uh got a four game suspension uh from the AHL. So good to see that. For for me, good to see that. Again, that was a completely unnecessary hit. Um, so um Good to see that that the AHL is doing their their due diligence on that. Okay, last thing on the Sharks here, upcoming games. Aaron, there's only two this week. We got a Wednesday game against Vancouver at home, and then we've got a Friday game in Anaheim. Talk mm-hmm. to me about these two. Uh, again, we don't really care about the outcomes necessarily, but what is it you want people to know about these games? Uh, well, these are two teams that are low in the standings, just like the Sharks. Anaheim is the only team that has a worst winning percentage then the Sharks, they're at 288 now. They still only have one regulation win. The Sharks have played them twice so far, and they lost to them in a shootout twice. Um, and Vancouver is a team that everyone thought was going to be better than they are, um, but for the last two, three seasons have been down the dumps, kind of like the Sharks, I guess, if you will. Um but Vancouver is sitting a little bit better. They're at a 460 winning percentage, almost 500 team. Um, it'll be an interesting game. Uh, they have a deadly power play, so the Sharks will really need to stay out of the penalty box. Anaheim has it's an interesting thing because Zagris is kind of their next big star. He's kind of already there. Um, Gibson has not been playing very well at all in goal, which is weird because Gibson's usually a very good goalie who seems to get hurt at certain points of the year, every year. Um, but I could see the Sharks wanting revenge on Anaheim because they lost to him the way that they lost to him the last time they played each other. Because I think they were up. That's the game where Anaheim scored two goals in the last two minutes to tie it, and then they went to a shootout and lost. Uh, or, I mean, Anaheim won, but um, the Sharks kind of blew the game away, and that was earlier in the season. So I think that kind of deflated them a bit. I think they're going to want revenge for that. I think they'll want revenge, but I hope they don't get it because that means the uh, the team lower than us in the standings will bump yep. up, right? So um, it's really weird, like hoping for losses, but hoping for the best too. You know what I mean? It's kind mm-hmm. of, uh, I feel like a bad fan and I know that I'm not. I feel like a bad fan, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I love the team through and through. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to look out for what's best for us in the future. Sometimes Aaron, you just, you need to get hurt. Like I said, I've been hurt by goaltending before uh, with high hopes. Uh, This team has hurt me many times. The long-term health, the long-term health of the club. Yes. Better if they tank this season. I I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Debbie says, I have a black shirt and love it. 
and a hat. I'll probably get the sweatshirt next. Debbie, thank you so much for uh, for supporting the show. I appreciate that. Guys, again, if you want to do what Debbie's doing and look awesome, by the way, Debbie, send us a picture or something because people don't believe that people buy our gear. Okay, so please. I know everybody buys the gear and then nobody sends us. Yeah, there you go. Thefinfactor at gmail.com. Send us some photos. We'd love to, to put you up on the screen. That'd be awesome. So there you go. Uh, if you'd like to do the same thing as Debbie, again, thefinfactor.com, get all that gear there. Okay. Um, it's not called the Shark Tank for nothing. I know. I know. I, we, we all would love to see it. We just don't want to see what it takes to get there, right? What's the saying, Aaron? Something about making something, but they don't like to. Nobody wants to see you make the sausage. They just there you go. It. Nobody Something wants, about making something, but you don't want <laughs> Nobody wants to see the sausage being made. Oh, you know, I kind of lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know, month. And... <laughs> oh, Super Producer Jason finally got to use it. Well done. Well done. Uh-oh, Kellen, one last thing here. Speaking of goaltending, Martin Jones, second most wins in the NHL. That's crazy. The heck is going happened. on, Aaron? I don't know. A broken clock is right twice a day, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, Aaron, you got you got all the sayings, buddy. You got them all. I, I'm the sausage thing, then the thing you just whatever. Phenomenal. I, Thank you. This is what other, the people come for. My other favorite phrase, and it'll probably happen, is called market correction. I would assume that there will be one coming. Okay. I mean, we well, just played Martin Jones, and what he got a win because they won eight to six. <laughs> Come on. What are we doing here? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for tonight's show. Hopefully, you guys had as much fun as we did. I, I'm having a blast. So, uh, it always sucks saying goodbye. But uh, it's time. It's definitely time. So, again, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you supporting the show. Uh, like you said, um, you know, going off to the thefinfactor.com, getting the gear there, supporting us with Super Chat, supporting us with the Venmo at uh, the Fin Factor. And you guys can do that after the fact, too, if you'd like. And, and if we have a, a comment from you, we'll go ahead and put it into the next show. Not a problem. Um, so, again, thank you guys for doing that. Oh, yeah. And make sure that if you like the stream, hit the like button. If you uh, are not subscribed, hit that uh, subscribe button and the notification bell. Then you know when we're going live and you can get in these conversations. More than anything else, though, for me, it's please uh, feel free to share this, retweet this. Get this out to the rest of your Sharks friends and family. If you're enjoying the show, they'll probably enjoy it as well. And you get to talk with them uh, in a digital format because nobody wants to actually be face-to-face anymore. So there you go. Uh, Aaron, any last second comments here no no you good let's do it good super producer jason's good and so for super producer jason i'm paul and i'm aaron and we will see you guys next week next week bye-bye bye thanks for tuning in if you like this episode check out our other content especially interviews you can interact with us directly through social media at the fin factor and on instagram at fin factor and don't forget to join our live streams on youtube Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.